0: Reporter, I'm a foreign correspondent normally based in Paris. Last week, I flew to Morocco to help cover the terrible earthquake that struck high in the Atlas Mountains. One week since the most powerful earthquake in the country of Morocco's history, right now the death toll stands at more than 2,900 people. More than 5,500 others are hurt. The 6.8 magnitude quake left hundreds of families. A week after the quake. I drove up through a mountain pass close to the epicenter following the seam of destruction with my colleague, Ida Alami. I will read you the story that we wrote. Climbing up 2,100 meters over the Atlas Mountains, the road through the Tizintest Pass vents impossibly around cliff edges. Expands and pinches uncomfortably to a single fragile track and creeps under jagged rocky outcrops. For a century now, the stretch of lonely road has been known for its stunning views and perilous turns. That all changed on September 8th when an earthquake struck Morocco, killing at least 2,900 people and bringing down dozens of villages perched high along the edges of the road. Then The Serpentine Road became a vital lifeline, the conduit to life-saving ambulances and essential aid to devastated villages in the mountains, but first it had to be reopened. Just hours after the earthquake struck on September 8, construction crews set out in graders, diggers and dump trucks to start the difficult and dangerous task of clearing the road of giant boulders shaken loose by the tremors and sent crashing down the mountainsides, crushing buildings on their way. The work has not stopped since. We won't sleep until we clear the road, Mohammed Idlassen, 33, said on Friday, sitting in a pile of broken rocks beside the hulking grader he'd been operating for the past week. Mr Idlassen and his team managed to carve out enough space for some vehicles to pass after several days of labor, but they were still working to clear the boulders and debris pushed the road's edges. He said he had only taken breaks to dash out of the way of the slabs of rock that kept smashing down the mountainsides, nibbled food, and snooze like a bird in the cab of his grader. He hadn't been home to shower or change clothing. For days, concerned Moroccans from far-off places like Rabat, hundreds of miles away to the north, packed their cars and trucks with donations, and then cautiously navigated their way up the road to Mr. Idlassen's machine hoping to offer help and comfort to villagers who were still cut off. Upon seeing the blocked road, they had begged Mr. Adlasan and his colleague Mustafa Sikuti to help get their bags of supplies to the other side. This reality we want it to be a memory in our history, said Mr. Sikuti, 50. I want to be able to tell my grandchildren that I was here, helping clear the road to save lives. The efforts by Mr. Ade and Mr. Secuti opened up a gap near the top of the road on September 11th, allowing some aid to get through. However, temporary closures and jams that slowed traffic continued for days, forcing the New York Times to abort an initial attempt to reach the summit. By Friday and Saturday, however, we were successful, traveling the full length of the road, 112 miles from the town of Uled Barrow. Over the mountains north to Marrakesh, making stops all along the way. The trip revealed a country that was emerging from the horror of an emergency and taking the first difficult steps towards a recovery. The road was clear, mounds of rubble pushed to its gnawed edges and dotted with heavy machinery. Alongside rose the ruins of mud brick homes that had melted into their mountain perches. And lines of large yellow and blue tents where survivors were now living. Women carried pillows, mattresses and bags of donated clothing up its sides. Flatbed trucks crowded with stacked school desks and chairs rolled towards a cluster of tents in Asni, a town where high school and middle school students were preparing to start their school year on Monday. A military field hospital erected near the southern end of the regional road in the small town of Tafenghult appeared sleepy. Just one bed of its air-conditioned emergency tent was occupied, and the sterile operating room was empty. Erected less than two days after the earthquake to treat the injured from villages on the southern side of the mountain slopes, the hospital had received some 600 patients for trauma. Fractured bones, perforated stomachs, broken backs. Most had been sent to permanent hospitals or discharged. We are dealing mostly with chronic conditions now," said Dr. Nuruddin el Absi, pointing to an older patient being treated for advanced diabetes, exacerbated by the earthquake since she had lost her medication in the rubble of her home. The worst is over, he said, and the worst had thankfully not come. Not a single patient they had treated so far had tested positive for the coronavirus. Thankfully, there hasn't been an epidemic or something like that, he said. Up near the top of the mountain pass, Hassan Ehudeman, 36, was sweeping up the broken glass bottles and dented soda cans that had tumbled off the shelf behind the bar of his cafe and modest guest house the night of the earthquake. A week later, he deemed it was time to reopen. He'd cut some mint from the garden and fired up the kettle for sweet tea to sell mostly to people who were still arriving with aid and provisions in their stuffed cars, though their numbers were dwindling. He set out a row of clay tagine pots on the ledge outside for sale, an act of hope that tourists, the lifeblood of his business, would return for the high season in October and November, when the trees in the valleys come into full emerald bloom. He considered himself lucky. Though his house was destroyed, his wife and three sons had survived, and the cafe he had run for 11 years had suffered only cracks. The most important thing is to fix the building before winter, Mr. Houdamine said. Eager for a distraction from the misery that they had witnessed and to kill time, a group of young men from a nearby destroyed village arrived to play pool and hang out On the cafe's couches death is not here said one smiling about 20 minutes down the road in what remained of the village of tinmel sufian arash 26 dug through the rubble of his older brother abderrahim's bedroom searching for identity papers so he could declare him deceased abderrahim was one of 45 people working to restore an ancient mosque nearby and was killed when the earthquake struck. The back half of the mosque, built more than eight centuries ago, was destroyed, as was the back of the house across the street, where Abdur Rahim was renting a room with his closest childhood friend, Mohammed El Uriki, who was also working on the renovation. Their lifeless bodies had been found entwined in the rubble of their shared bedroom, Mr. Arash said. They were scared, he said. They were protecting one another. He dug in the rubble of the house in plastic slides, shoveling bricks and earth onto a growing mound of detritus, until he uncovered a sealed bag. Inside were clothes, a leather jacket, a white shirt, some beige pants. He pressed the shirt and pants to his face and inhaled deeply. His eyes filled with tears. These were my brothers, he said. I said a prayer for him. Mr. Arash said it would fall to him now, raised his brother's two children, who he would left with his wife on the other side of the country. Though the Moroccan government had announced it would take orphaned children under its financial care, he had little faith. Those are just words, he said. Down towards Marrakesh, where the route generously broadens and flattens, the village of tijerisht revealed just how vital access to the road is. Giant boulders and shards of heavy rock had blocked the way after the earthquake leading villagers to dig through the destroyed houses for survivors and their deceased neighbors on their own with just a pair of shovels. They fashioned makeshift stretchers out of wooden poles and rope, and carried the badly injured for more than six miles to a nearby town on the main road. On the fourth day of the earthquake, the mayor of the commune, Bouchaib Eguzelin, laid down before a giant digger on the main road and refused to move until it turned towards Tijricht. The next day, the road was cleared enough to allow ambulances and other assistance through. Since then, the villagers have resettled on some farm fields along the edge of the river below the remains of their homes. They've erected a row of tents, one for each family, under solar-powered lamps, brought in water from a nearby source with a long hose, and organized rotations of cooks to make meals for 250 people over wood fires by a large kitchen tent.
1: My name is Katie Weaver, and I'm a writer for the New York Times Magazine, where they pretty much let me go buck wild and report stories about whatever I want. I've gone to England to look for Tom Cruise, tried to find the quietest place in the world, lived in a van for a week, and right now, all my brain power is focused on a new autumnal beverage from Dunkin', the Ice Spice Munchkin's drink. It made its debut in a commercial starring the Gen Z rapper Ice Spice and the, no offense, 51-year-old actor Ben Affleck. The drink is built around a frozen coffee base, but they also toss in pumpkin-flavored donut holes known as munchkins. Literally, add them to the blender and blend them up in the drink. I learned about this beverage last week, and as a lover of sugar in all its forms, knew I wanted to try it. I asked my friend Jay Wortham, who's also a writer for the New York Times Magazine, and whose body is, unlike mine, a pristine temple, to try it with me. Jay's a culture writer, and it's my hope that they'll be able to help me understand exactly how Ben Affleck plus Ice Spice equals donuts. And in so doing, to justify filing expense reports for both our drinks. Jay Wortham, thank you for agreeing to start your day by drinking some pulverized donuts. With me. <laughs> Katie, thank you for inviting me to ruin my gut. Let's do it. Okay. Let's see what info we can actually glean about this drink from the commercial starring Ben Affleck and Ice Spice. Have you seen this yet? I only saw a still, and that's all I needed to know. I was like, this is genius. Let me set it up for you. It opens in Duncan headquarters, where Ben Affleck is apparently working as a brand ambassador, and he has a one-on-one meeting with Ice Spice to come up with the name for this product. It's not going well. Big promotion. Baby brand ambassador. You gotta come up with a drink name, but it's not easy, right? Now it immediately cut to him in an office with Ice Spice. Oh, people are gonna connect you with Dunk. Yeah, I'm a Dunk guru. And Ice Spice is like kind of pitching him on the name for the drink. Ice Spice, my fans out of Munskins. We Ice Spice, Munchkin's drink. Ice Spice is in a very icy necklace that says princess. Her signature orange hair is pressed. So She's like a very cute. You know, little laid look going on. Looks at Ben Affleck like she barely knows who this man is and does not like him. But he's given her no reason to like him in the ad thus far. Yeah. <laughs> interesting to see Ben Affleck. I haven't seen him in a while. There he is. Okay. He looks great. I mean, I, I don't know he was doing so well. Maybe that's a body by Duncan. That body is powered by Duncan. Is he adding an accent here? Uh, what's this character? But I get an idea. Collapse. Like, they do, right? Ice spit what with you. We'll call Vanilla Ice Spice. I think this is what Ben Affleck thinks he would sound like if he'd never left Boston. Yeah. It seems that Ben has been tasked with coming up with the name, has enlisted Ice Spice's help. You will. And then the commercial just kind of ends... It ends real abruptly. It's really weird. Like, no one tries to drink. We don't get a sense that they like it. We don't even get a sense if they agreed on it. I got a lot of questions about this. I have very little knowledge of Ice Space. I'm, I've seen a couple of the videos. I've heard the songs a couple of times, but I, I really don't know her, her persona or why this necessarily makes sense for her to be involved beyond her name kind of evoking fall themes. Mm, is there a logic behind it? I guess one way to think about this is there is a long line and tradition of fast food rap collaborations, like Mm -hmm. Offset and Cardi did a McDonald's meal, Sweetie did a McDonald's meal, Travis Scott, J Balvin, Mm -hmm. I mean, but but these have been hits. Mm -hmm. So I think Duncan sees all of this. They were like, okay, collabs with rappers, foot traffic through the door, Someone who's young, I'm sure, and on their team and uses TikTok was like, oh my god, Ice Spice's fans are called the Munchkins. This is a perfect crossover. We should absolutely do this. And why are they called the Munchkins? Oh boy, well, because her hit song is Munch. what I'm say about this keep it out Be on the scene. There is an incredibly exciting and starry class of young femme and female rappers coming up right now and Ice Spice. Is not necessarily the most interesting of the bunch, but she has had the most outward success so far. And I'm about like the barbie I'm the dub and I still want to party. Ice Face was on the Barbie soundtrack. She did a collab with Nicki Minaj. Yo, i definitely a rush. Like girl. He did a collab with Taylor Swift. called a like is your tech spot of bounce. Palma is the fire in your house. Gosh. Beyonce also handpicked her to be the face of an Ivy Park collab. She's been ordained by like a, t- a top tier of celebrity and musician. That That is rare for people who are just a year out of the gate. And this does seem like it's her first big corporate collab. Does Ice Spice know who Ben Affleck is? It does not seem like it. She probably knows him as J-Lo's husband, and I think the that's like affluent too fine. But yeah, I mean, I really like the way that Ben Affleck is embracing his, I would say unintended paparazzi persona as someone who's always tired and haggard and going to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> it's his most relatable work. It is his most approachable, accessible content. Absolutely. And the fact that he's leaning into it and then Dunkin' is too, to me, speaks of a media savvy that I can get on board with. You're right that Ben Affleck is at his most relatable and approachable when he is caught looking god-awful in a paparazzi shot, juggling, like, Amazon packages, Dunkin' Donuts cup, trying to drink from it while he's walking inside. That's when I say, I could hang with that man. I am that man. He's the anchor, right? He's the anchor. The average person watching this commercial for Dunkin' Donuts is probably not going to know who Ice Spice is, so Ben Affleck is like the tether to one generation i spice the tether to the other generation and the two of them coming together is meant to sell it let's talk about what they're selling the drink itself i would love to walk you through the ingredients and see how many alarm bells they set off for you so many all right keeping cup of ice ice right okay it's frozen a little bit of water great liquid cane sugar i'm more worried about the coffee than the sugar cream yeah coffee syrup huh pumpkin munchkins donut not treats What? I can't. I just can't believe there are actual donuts. Absolutely. (laughs) Caramel drizzle. I saw the drizzle. Whipped cream. More caramel drizzle on top. These are all things that like any nutritionist I've ever talked to has been like, you should avoid. Your concern is that at this point doesn't matter. I feel nervous. I, I truly am thinking about rescheduling the rest of my day. Oh my God. I am ready though. If you are. Let's do this. Let's do it. Three. Two, one. Oh, really gritty. It's the drink you have to chew. I like the grittiness. This is not going to be a popular opinion, but I like texture. Mm. I like the taste of donuts in these drinks. I, I, I know it's strange. <laughs> They're on um, definitely not too sweet for me. I would say not sweet enough for me. I'm not kidding. What are you talking about? It tastes like putting a spoon into a bag of white sugar and eating it. Yeah, but the spoon was first dipped in coffee, which I hate. I do not like coffee. Okay, that's why you don't like it. Knowing myself, I also took the precautionary measure of asking for a second one without the coffee syrup added. Okay, let's see. Mmm, I like this more interesting. How can I even describe it? What does it taste like? A little bit like a grocery store? cake, like a birthday cake a little bit. The aftertaste of this drink is just spread. I literally just got a piece of donut sucked up through my straw and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm French Katie, you are chugging your drink. Oh my God. If I am not talking, I am sucking this drink down. The only thing that keeps me from drinking is talking. That tastes like mother's milk, like delicious. I will not get through one one hundredth of this drink. That's okay, I'm very, very glad I got to try it. I can always say I lived through this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, If you live, yes. If I live. If you can get ice spice to perform at my funeral. Oh my God. Yeah, I would be thrilled. (laughs) I died doing what I love. Jay, thank you so much for risking your life, your mental health, uh, the future of your work day, and possibly career, truly any time. Worth it. I am gonna check on you later, but goodbye for now.